All right, and welcome to everyone out there. This is Amateur Radio Roundtable. It's a show about ham radio and shortwave. And I uh, would like to just say hello and thank you to everybody that's tuned in tonight, and especially those that are tuned in on International Shortwave Station, WBCQ on 7490. We're glad to have you. And uh, if you are listening out there, we'd love to hear from you. So please send us a, an email and let us know where you are in what country and, and uh, how you're hearing the station tonight. You can send that email to tom at w5kub.com, tom at w5kub.com, and we'd love to hear from you. Also, if you will, tonight, uh, if you will, uh, hey, hit that subscribe button. Uh, let's see how our viewers are doing here. Hit that subscribe button. We'd like to hear from you uh, as far as, you know, subscribing. We got a lot of people that watch the show that don't subscribe, but please subscribe. It helps YouTube to, uh, you know, get the message out about our show to other people that don't know about it. So that's, that's a, a good way to uh, bring in more people into the hobby. Uh, join our Facebook group. Our Facebook group is called W5KUB, W5KUB, and uh, we'd love to have you join that Facebook group. And remember, we're on nearly every uh, podcast carrier out there. Uh, if you just want to listen to the show or, or while you're driving or at work, or we're on iTunes, uh, uh, iNet Radio, uh, you name it, we're, uh, we're on it. And Google Play, everybody's picking us up. And again, uh, if you're out there on shortwave listening, you're listening, it's Thursday for you because uh, our show is, is retransmitted on Thursdays from 5 to 7 p.m. Uh, on WBCQ out there. So um, that's, uh, I think that's the announcement. So we're under a, a, an ice storm right now. If any of you guys have been watching this ice storm that's coming in from Texas through Arkansas and Tennessee, we're kind of... We're kind of in it right now. Uh, we had sleet and snow earlier. It kind of slacked off, but I'm looking out there on the trees, and all the tree limbs have ice on them, and we're getting uh, very slight rain, and the temperature is just below freezing, so I think that rain is actually still sticking to the trees. They're probably going to build up over time. So we, uh, the area I'm in is known for losing power uh, frequently, uh, and uh, that's the reason we put our home generator in. Uh, so we may switch over to we may switch over to generator tonight. If we do lose power, if we do lose power, it takes about 30 seconds for the generator to come up. But uh, all of our computers throughout the house, the internet connection, all that stuff is running on a, a big UPS system with about uh, about 400 pounds of batteries. Uh, they would actually run for about six or eight hours. Uh, so that'll keep us up until the generator starts. Uh, uh, you might see the lights go off in here. I don't think, I don't think the lights are plugged into our, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure our lights are not on our, uh, UPS, uh, circuit here. Anyway, that's kind of where we are there. Uh, hey, I saw somebody, is somebody talking to Katie in the chat room? Maybe. I... No, she's not in the chat room. Okay. They, they were just saying it. Oh. Um, Okay. All right. Well, hey, over to you, Glenn, and how are you doing tonight, man? Yeah, and, and what kind of weather do you get down there? About the same as you do. Um, okay. 
my trees are pretty much the same. Um, what you didn't mention that I saw in the weather tonight is that we're supposed to get a third round of this starting oh, tomorrow. Didn't know that. And so they've extended the warning until Thursday at 6 a.m. So I did it's, not. you know, uh, they're still predicting that we're just going to get sleet at this point, um, maybe a mix. Um, I don't think we're going to get any more of the freezing rain. So I think most of that has passed north of me. And uh, so I don't think it's going to get that bad. But, yeah, the trees are coated with ice and stuff right now. And it, they're talking maybe a little bit of snow as well. Well, and, you know, I, I have one or two more 100-foot trees that could hit the house if they fall over. Uh, most of them that hit the house have already fallen, and I've had them removed. So, uh, yeah. you know, the chances are the house getting hit are becoming less and less all the time here, man. But that ice uh, does put a load on them out there. And, you know, it doesn't take much of a limb to fall across a power line out here and just bring it down. Yeah. Well, you know, I hate to say it, but, uh, you know, uh, looking at you, it looked like you've already gone toe-to-toe with those trees, and it uh, looks like you might have lost. Well, no, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't think you'd notice it to tell you the truth. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, I, 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 I thought everybody got the memo to, to wear red tonight. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll tell you what happened. Um, you're not going to believe this, but, uh, uh, but Glenn, are, are you familiar with uh, Russellville area over in Arkansas? They've got they've yeah. got a nuclear power plant over there. Uh, it was yeah. there. It was there when I went to college 50 years ago. And, uh, of course, that's, man, it's been going for 50 years. But, anyway, it's called uh, Nuclear One. It's over in Arkansas. And I was over there last week uh, taking a little tour in there in, in Nuclear One. And we were walking around. And all of a sudden, man, I felt the earth. I needed a pee. So there was only this one guy taking us around. And I, I said, sir, I said, remember a second. I said, uh, I need to pee. Uh, and I, uh, can I take a quick break? He said, no, no, we, we can't. I'm sorry. I'm the only guy here. This is a restricted area, basically. Uh, I, can't, I can't let anybody go. You're just going to have to hold it. And I said, sir, I said, man, I've been holding it now for an hour. I, I cannot hold it any longer. I said, you know, th- it's going gonna, it's gonna to be bad here. He said, okay. He said, normally I wouldn't do this, but he said, okay. He said, this is a big facility. He said, there's a lot of bad, dangerous stuff in here. Just be careful. He said, Walk all the way down, follow this yellow line, all the way down to the end of the building there, and then turn right. And then it's probably another 50 yards on down. You'll see a restroom down here. So anyway, so I said, okay, thank you, sir. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of making it fast down down to the end of the, end of the building there, hoping I was going to make it. And then I, I saw this area. They were doing something right below, and it had water in it, and they were lifting stuff in and out. And I thought, what in the world is this? So I stopped, and actually I kind of stepped in the, through a door there in the area, and I watched that for about five minutes, you know? Yeah, and they uh, were all in these white suits too, weren't they? Yeah, I, I watched that for, I don't know, a few. I, it might have been five. I don't think they said I was there a long time, but I don't think I was there that long. Anyway, I... <laughs> I got removed from Arkansas Nuclear One, so uh, I this started developing sometime after that. Uh, and now you're glowing in the dark. Yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of figured, yeah. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. There you go. Okay. Well, let me see what the let me see what the uh, 
Let's, let's see what the chat room's saying here. I, I, I'll give you guys a better answer in a minute. Let me see. Oh, they uh, say you never lie. Yeah, I saw that. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, well, let's see. There are not many comments. Maybe people that wasn't even listening. Um, like that, you know, I, uh, I don't know if no, they listen. Mark, Mark P. doesn't believe it. I don't know if they listen to our show or not. You know, I think they just nah. log in. Just you know, they're just here to look at the pictures. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Second uh, Okay. So here, here's what happened, guys. Here's what happened. And I don't want to, I don't want to make this all about me, and it's, it's, I don't think it's anything serious. But uh, I went to the dermatologist here. I, I went to a, a local one here, not my regular, but I went to a local one here. Uh, I don't know, six months ago, and it was a lady, a, a new lady, very young. I guess she started her own business. I didn't really like her. She talked kind of rough, you know, and uh, uh, she. Uh, you know, you go to the skin doctor, and they find a little spot, and they'll burn it off, you know. And So um, I had a little spot right here on my uh, on my cheek, and she, uh, she took the spray can of Freon or whatever it was, nitrogen, and, and burned that little spot off. It was probably the size of a pencil lead or smaller. I mean, it was small. And um, normally my regular dermatologist, he comes out with a silver uh, can, some kind of type flask, and I guess it has liquid nitrogen in it, and he uses a Q-tip in that liquid nitrogen, and he touches your that spot, and it'll actually burn it, burn it off you. But this uh, this girl, she was different. She used a spray can, and oh, uh, she put that thing on there. It's kind of like you know a WD-40 can with a little sprayer on the end of it. She put that sucker on there. And she sprayed for like eight seconds. And I'm thinking, my goodness, lady, how long are you going to spray this thing? You know, I mean, and she sprayed and sprayed and sprayed and sprayed. And, uh, you know, hey, I went back, you know, maybe a week or so later. And she checked it. And she said, you know, it, it, it's fine. It's gone now. And I thought, well, all that freezing of that skin, maybe that caused, I had, a little, I had some redness there about the size of a quarter. And I also had some over here. And um, so um, she uh, she said, yeah, it's okay. She said, but, she says, but now I'm looking at your face and I'm concerned about that red spot on your on your cheek. Now, I've been looking at a picture. You guys have probably noticed I've had some very light red spots on there probably for a year. And uh, I didn't think much of it, you know, a little discoloration, maybe sun made it turn red and it just, you know, never... Anyway, so she said, uh, here's what we can do. She says, uh, you know, to biopsy it, she says, that ain't gonna be, yeah, that's not going to be fun. I'm going to have to, I'll take a razor and I'll shave that whole piece of skin off and blah, 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 and it's going to hurt and blah, blah, blah. This is how the doctor's talking to me. And I think, oh, no, I, I'm not in for that. And so then she says, then she says, well, you know, or, or, you know, I mean, that, that way, you know, you know if it's cancer or not. Uh, anyway, so she said, our... Um, or I give you some this. I give you some uh, chemo cream, and you put it on there for uh, a couple weeks. And you're gonna call me, and you're gonna say it burns like heck, and it stings, and you can't take it any longer. And I'm gonna say to you, well, that's just the way it is. 
So this is the doctor talking to me. And I didn't like that. So, you know, I went to her because she's here locally. And I was trying to find a doctor locally. So, so I went back to my dermatologist that I, I've been seeing for, you know, 20 years. And I said, uh, I want this other dermatologist. I said, I didn't like her. And uh, she was going to do all this and do all that and do all this. And, and I said, and I pointed it out to him. And, and I'm sure he's seen it on me before and never said anything. Uh, and uh, I said, uh, I said, see this right here? I said, what? You know, is this serious? What is this? He's, he just kind of says, yeah, I'll, I'll give you some cream. Kind of like that. He didn't say we're going to cut it off and we're going to burn it off and you're going to be calling me and it's going to feel like a blowtorch or anything like that. So so uh, he just says, I, I'll give you some cream. I said, is this something serious or something that, you know, is going to get me or, or or, you know, am I going to make it through my old age? And he says, you know, he said, this is, this is nothing that's going to get you. So he kind of downplayed it, but he said, I, I'm going to give you some cream. So anyway, uh, my regimen is to put that on for 14 days. Uh, I put it on now for 10 days. I've been taking a picture every day uh, for, you know, each, each day since I started. The reason I did that. There's some YouTube videos of people that have gone through this treatment that had really serious uh, skin issues. And what I got from those videos, one guy basically says, it's some bad stuff. And the other, the other guy says, I don't ever want to do this again. But uh, they were put it all over the whole face, and, and uh, their whole face was blistering up. And what happens is, that kills those cells, and your skin falls off, and new skin comes on. And I, I saw pictures of them two weeks later, and their skin looked perfect. You know, their skin grew back. So anyway, it looked like it looked like around day eleven is when the misery started with those guys. Now, today is my day ten, and uh, I'm starting to feel a little stinging, and this is this is looking a lot worse. Uh, and my lips uh, are starting to uh, get sore. So I don't know, guys. I think I'm going to be okay. Uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, Kathy said if I wore a blue shirt, that wouldn't show up as much. But I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, that's the real story, guys. So, yeah. you know. And it's going to be that way right until his face falls off. Yeah, and there's Doc in there. Doc, you're, you're absolutely right, Doc. It, uh, I guess 5-F-U is the uh, term. I can't pronounce the the uh, name of the, uh, the the cream there, but th- I think that's what it is, the 5-F-U. And Doc, uh, man, Doc, it's a lot worse, Doc. I didn't look near this bad when I, before I started using this stuff, and so it's starting to look uh, pretty bad, but... Uh, uh, Doc, uh, you can send me a private message. Uh, tell me if I need to update my will or something like that, man. <laughs> but I think I'm going to be okay. I think I'm going to be okay. It's five fluoroacil. Right. Yeah, yeah, fluoroacil. That's that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, uh, let's see. <laughs> Let me see what uh, what the chatter is saying here. Let's see. Yeah, Doc, yeah, yeah, Doc yeah. is saying it's five fluorora. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, tonight my lips getting sore and puffing up. I, you know, I'm only putting the cream on my cheeks here, 
Uh, but, uh, you know, there are some side effects. I haven't really had any side effects. Some people complain about stomach and headaches and just all kinds of stuff. But, you know, I haven't, uh, I haven't had really any side effects that I know. I usually have a head headache all the time. Let's see. Okay, Mark says he'll believe that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, gee. So, I don't know, guys. I'm a little, little worried the next four days. I don't know. I'm supposed to stop in four days. Now, some people <laughs> stay on this stuff uh, two and th three and four weeks. Wow. But, uh, I don't know. He told me 14 days. So, uh, that's, uh, that's what I'm going to go with, 14 days. All right. Hopefully, uh, everybody will take this as a learning lesson. You know, if, you, if you've been out in the sun a lot and you have red blotches on your skin and they don't go away, just go out there and get them checked. And uh, just get them checked and, uh, uh, you know, take care of it before, before it does go bad. What's Doc saying? Little red skilly things. Can turn into basal cell skin cancers well, if not treated. Little, I hope all those little things fall off, Doc. That's that's what I'm uh, shooting for. Oh yeah, if not treated, okay. All right. Well, hey. Besides that, I'm feeling okay. Uh, I uh, I want to get the next four days over with for sure, uh, because I think that's going to be the, the four days that I don't like. Um, but I want to have fun yeah. tonight. Want to have fun tonight? You know, I I don't know. We're gonna. Let's just jump into a bunch of different things. Yeah, it's not fun watching your face fall off over four Yeah, days. I guess I could wear, a, I could wear a mask, you know, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, you know, I could wear a mask. and This also makes you very sensitive to sunlight. So these guys that are getting a treatment, you know, they're wearing a hat. They're wearing, uh, they're wearing a mask. They're wearing sunglasses. They look like you're, you know, they can't even go to the store thinking the store is going to get robbed or something, you know. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, yeah, well, I feel for good. a couple more days. I feel good, dear. Papa Doc. Hey, guys, if you don't realize that Don there, WA4YYM, Don is a medical doctor. Uh, we call him Papa Doc. And uh, uh, Papa Doc, uh, actually, Papa Doc's two people. You may not know this, but Papa Doc was the dictator ruler of Haiti, I think. I don't know if he's still there or, or if they killed him. But anyway, no, they got rid of him long they, ago. They got rid of him. But anyway, Don is called, his grandkids call him Papa Doc. So, uh, Don, <laughs> thanks for being with us tonight, and thanks for the words of encouragement that I think you said, uh, I think Doc said somewhere I'll be okay. Uh, anyway, if he didn't say it, I'm still going to think, I'm still going to think it. All right. All right. All right. Hey, Earl. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. No, I was down in Jackson for Winterfield Day. Yeah, that was uh, that was recently, wasn't it? Yeah, Jackson yeah. Ham Fest was, was Saturday. Yeah, you didn't, y'all didn't do anything locally? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, did, did, oh, the club did, but I oh, was down in Jackson. Oh, I went okay. to the Ham Fest. Okay. Well, hey, speaking of Ham Fest, speaking of Ham Fest, I know you're going to be heading to this place here real soon. Yep. Let's see if I can Just find it. Just a couple days. Let me see if I can find it. I don't know if I can find oh, it. Oh, yeah. I am all geared up. I'm actually going down a little early. Fran and I are going to go to uh, down to uh, Cape Canaveral and visit yeah, the yeah. Uh, the Kennedy Space Center and stuff down there for the day. Well, let's look at this. 
Hamfist, I think it's hamfist.org. Nope, nope, that's wrong. No, no. Hamcation. Hamcation, yep. Dot com. Let's look at this, hamcation.com. Yeah, okay, here we go. So hamcation.com, boy, that's big. Let us see. Anyway, it looks like hamcation.com. Hamcation. 2023, that's coming up here in, uh, oh, man, about a week or a little over a week. Yes, sir. We're at 10th through the 12th. Now, listen, the 12th is my birthday. So, so what do you want me to buy you? I want you to bring me back something, okay? Something. Something. Now, just don't go real cheap, okay? Just give me something nice. Okay. <laughs> give, me, give me something okay. nice, Henry. But anyway, uh, How okay. about I just go over, I'll just go over and see Martin and tell him to give me one of everything. Is Martin going to be there? I don't know. I hope yeah. he is. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Okay. Well, so week and a, week and a half, you're going to be down in uh, you're going to be down in Orlando. That'll be uh, that'll be cool, right. man. And <clears throat> Saturday at, or Friday at twelve forty-five, I'll be doing my all-new Arduino <clears throat> forum down there. Yeah. Well, your weather probably will be better down there than it is here. Oh, it's going to be a lot nicer, a lot yeah, warmer. Yeah. Uh, the trick is going to be, you know, hopefully, you remember that year that you and I flew out on that yep. uh, that flight? You know, we were the last ones out. They closed the airport right after we took off because of all the snow and ice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping we don't have that problem this year. Yep. So, no, I, I'm I'm heading out there. I'm ready to go. Looking forward to this trip. It's going to be going to be fun. All right. Well, look, I hope. You don't have the problem we had when we rode the airplane with all the cheerleaders. Oh, gosh, yes. I uh, was there. And I, I would imagine they do it every year Yeah, at the probably same time. So it might coincide with Orlando again. But, guys, we're going to – Glenn and I will tell you again. Uh, was it last year or a year before? When was it? Last year? Oh, gosh, no. It was Two, uh, three years? before COVID. It was like was three it? years ago. I guess the year COVID started maybe. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, we we flew down from Memphis on an airplane, and all that was on it was cheerleaders from around the country. Yep. It was a cheerleader flight. I don't know. How did we get booked on a cheerleader flight? I, I don't, don't know. know. Anyway, but, uh, anyway it was we got there, and, and we got there, and I don't know. I mean, you know, it still upsets me, but the cheerleaders... I'm going to say they took our baggage with them to their hotel. That's what happened to us. We we yep. stood at the baggage thing for hours and hours until until somebody got our baggage back from the cheerleaders at at their hotel. Right, and that was 2020 because that was yep. uh, the first trip I had out right after my heart surgery. Yep. So I wasn't in the mood to be standing for that long anyway. Well. You may face the same thing this time. You know, they, all these events kind of happen on the same weekend every year. You know, so yeah, I, I don't know where the cheerleaders. Oh, I'll probably be face here. it, but I'm flying a different airline, so hopefully they won't lose my luggage this time. Yeah, mm. you may get on that. You may get on one of those airlines that are just transporting uh, prisoners. Oh, that'd be my luck. Yeah, your 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 baggage this year might go to one of the local prisons. <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, as long as they take it going down, that's fine. It's coming back when it's loaded full of all the goodies oh, that would bother true. me. That's true. All right, let's see what's going on. Um, 
Oh, oh they're also saying that's Super Bowl weekend. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, wow. <clears throat> All right. So, um, hey, coming not so soon. But Huntsville is coming up. Huntsville's coming. It'll be here before you know it. August. That's this year is flying by. That's right, absolutely man. flying by. It's hard to believe. Now, we it's the will. First of we February. will be there. We will be there at uh, the Huntsville uh, Ham Fest. That well, I'll be there, and hopefully, my new book will be out. That'll be cool. Yeah, uh, we're just now getting started on the editing part of it. Uh, there's a chance it will be out in time for Dayton, but I will say more than likely it'll be out in time for Huntsville. All right. Well, you know what? When Katie did Shaq pictures last week, and we missed a lot of them, I'm, I'm going to pull the Shaq pictures back up, or some of them. We, you know, uh, people went to trouble to send them in, and we uh, we didn't get to see all of them, so... Well, while you're doing that, I'll give you one. Okay, what do you got? We have been busy in time you last <clears throat> saw me. Yeah. We have the <clears throat> shack put back together. Yeah. We've All got right. the FT-101MP. <clears throat> we've got the 991A. We've got the ICOM 9700. We've got the antenna rotators and two meter. And just everything is back together. Well, that is cool. That's so cool. we're going to be on the air again real soon. All right. Hey, I don't know. What, I don't remember which pictures we went through last week. I don't remember. I think we showed this one. Let me see if I can line it up a little bit better. Uh, not doing too good. Let's see. Well, that's some old gear right there. Yeah, but that's, you know. Oh, hey, yeah. But you know what? The old gear. You know, oh, there was. There how, was would you like nice... a, how would you like to do a parks on the air activation and have to carry all that with you, man? I mean, oh, man. You need a pickup truck and put all that on a tailgate right there. You, you need know? a forklift, yeah. Yeah. Oh, somebody had a nice swan rig down at the. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Ham Fest and uh, oh gosh, I think it was a um, oh gosh, I can't remember. I want to say it's a Lafayette <clears throat> Lafayette rig um, that looked just like the the Heath kit rigs of that day. It yeah. almost looked like a Heath kit DX sixty yeah. from the back. This is uh, Chip Morgelli. Oh my gosh, this is he's Chip. got hair and stuff. This is huh. He's got yeah, hair yeah. and stuff. This is Chip. Chip is a friend of ours. Uh, guys, you may or may not have seen it years ago. Chip was on the Tonight Show and uh, did the CW versus text. And Chip did CW, and the kids, teenagers did the text. And uh, uh, Chip uh, and his partner beat the text kids, sending a message. Oh, yeah. the I message, saw that live. The message that was, was cool. the message was, I saved a bunch of money on my car insurance or something like that. Yeah, I saved a bunch of money by switching to Geico. Yeah, so this is Chip right here. I don't think it. I don't think that's Chip's station. I think he's making contacts here from someone nice, else. Nice Collins set That does there. not look like Chip to me, but Chip says that's him. So yeah, we'll, we'll gonna, take his word at it. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go for that. 
Uh, oh, man, look. Oh, hey, hey, we'll just have oh, a mixture. We'll, we'll have a I mixture. Got we got a mixture of stuff tonight. Shack pictures and, and ham plates. This is our Tennessee ham radio operator plate. Now, somebody asked me why they put emergency on there. Well, I can tell you. I checked with I checked with the state why they put emergency on there. If I've got that emergency tag on there, uh, I can drive 150 miles an hour. I don't have to stop for police. I don't have to do anything. Okay. Yeah, we'll, so, we'll, we'll remind you about that trip to Dayton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's another story, man. That's another story. <laughs> that's another story. And let's see who we got here. This looks like a, a California plate. Yeah, that's a pretty plate. KM6UGI. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get back to check pictures in a minute. This is what's coming up. Oh, this looks cool, man. Look at this. This, I doubt he's down in Florida. No, that's that's a pretty safe bet. Let me let me see if I can move, yeah, move Sam him over. Yeah, doesn't fall from the skies like bit. that. Eh, these pictures aren't lining up. It's perfect. Let's see if we can read the read the license plate. Uh, man, I yeah, know. Bill, I I like that that they were dressed like the eighteen hundred telegraph operators. That Do you was, have any that idea really what? Cool. what state that is cold see if i can make it bigger uh n6 something n6 jrz so that's probably going to be northern california well, or somewhere in california maybe 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 not see if i can get a little closer i think it's let's say california yeah. i can't read it on my monitor it's n6 um yeah, but you know that don't mean nothing anymore. That don't man. mean nothing. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm, I'm about to get maximum uh, magnification I was say, here. Somebody can look him up on QRZ. And tell I'm, us. I'm I don't know. Count the count the letters in the word. I don't know, man. Oregon? That's too many. Well, I I I can't tell. Cannot tell. Okay, N7XGR is saying Oregon. Okay, Oregon. Okay. All right. I'll take I'll take his word for it. All right, Oregon plates. Okay. Let me. You know, I missed the days that the call sign matched up with the place you lived. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, I mean, back you know when we uh, got our license, if if you moved to a different call area, you had to get a new call. And uh, right. nowadays, you don't know. You know, hey, I hear twos all the time, and I'm thinking, okay, is the guy nope, really? In in, is he really in New York or New Jersey? No, he's usually in uh, Florida. You know. Uh, let's see what else we got coming here. Again, hey guys, this is a mixture. I'm going Shack pictures and and uh, yeah, I'd run out and get a picture of my plate, but it's all got ice on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, here's a here's a neat shot. This was uh, let's see if I can show it here. I can show this. You have to slide that picture over. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, this not fitting very well. This is uh, NASA. This is Echo. I don't know if you guys remember Echo, but he came out sometime 60s, I guess about the time Russians put Sputnik up. And all it was, I think Echo. Yeah. All it was was a big balloon, and they bounced uh, a microwave signal off of it. And, uh, oh, wait a minute. I got to hit the button here so people can see it. There we go. There, there you go. go. Now yeah, they can, now they can see, see it. it. So, um, yeah, that's all that was, just a, a, a balloon with, I mean, it was very crude back then, you know, just to bounce the signal off a balloon. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, you know, 
I guess you got to take it in baby steps, right? Exactly. Yeah. Let's see what's coming up here next. Bill is saying that he saw the echo balloon visually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, this is Alan uh, White. Alan White, 1973. That's still, yep, uh, that's uh, the Heathkit. Uh, oh, gosh, what is that? The HG10 receiver well, or HR10 and I'll, I'll the try uh, to read it. DX60. That is the HG10 VFO, the DX60. No, the receiver is like, oh, it's an HX10 maybe? Uh, the, the receiver is, is Heathkit as well. and it's, I want to yeah. say it's like the HX10. I don't HR know. HR10. I don't know. I, Dwayne is saying it's an HR10. Okay. I'll buy that. Okay. Cool. Let's see. Well, let's see. Working as a novice, W2OTM, Pine Hill, New York. During the summer of love, uh, about 1969 right there. There we go. That's about 1969. Yeah. Ten miles from Woodstock. Yeah, yeah. What's he doing right there if he's that close to Woodstock, man? Yeah, I'd be at the concert, man. Yeah, parents probably, parents probably wouldn't let him go, you know. Probably. You know, you gotta slip probably away. a little too young to go. You got to slip away, man. I'll be back by, I'll be back by dark. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. Stand out on the roof and hear it. We saw this one last week. How does this guy get a full-color picture that looks so good from, from the 60s? That's what I want to know. This guy must have been rich. Who is this? Who is this? Mark Langenfeld. WN9ETW. He must have had a really expensive camera to uh, do that. All my that pictures, is one heck of a camera All shot. my yeah. pictures back then were black and white. You know, This doesn't even look like a real picture. No, yeah, no, that's that's some high quality there because that would have yeah, been filmed. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so I must have got out of all the pictures. Oh, they're scattered everywhere. You know, it'd be nice if people when they put your pictures in it put it under the same thread where we can see them all. Yeah. And hey, this is hey, this is old David uh, Osley. Uh, he may even be in the chat room. Uh, he was in here last week. I think he joins us uh, uh, pretty much. But uh, uh, that was a cool picture there. Yeah. And uh, got his Roy Rogers lamp there. I think he was I think he was 14 years old there, man. Man, 14 years old. Wow. Yeah, oh, Dwayne's well, saying that film is making a comeback. I kind of like that. I miss what? the quality of film. Yeah. Okay. Hey, another California. This looks like a pretty recent tag right here. Yeah, WD6FWE. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, we saw that one. That was me back in the back in the day. That's I don't think I have very I don't have any of me in my this younger Marty, days. Marty Duke here. You get Marty. I had here. I had hair down to my shoulders and stuff. Yeah. You must have been a hippie back in. Nah, I just let my hair we grow. We didn't have any hippies. My little town was so small, you know. I mean, we we didn't have any we didn't have any hippies like that. This is pretty cool there. Hey, you got him a look like you got him a tube checker there, man. Tube checker. Uh, got some cards on the wall. Yeah. Got him a got him a telephone. This is uh 
That actually looks almost like the heat kit tube checker. I got one of those. Yeah, S40 and a DX35 right there. Oh, let's see. This looks cool. This looks cool. This is uh, Jeff Leitre's 1960s field day. That was a night kit uh, R100, now Ico's uh, 720 transmitter. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Got a nice uh, tent here. Probably rained on them. Usually rains yeah. on field day. I think it's most of the uh, I think it's most of the pictures there. Oh, uh, let me go back up to tag car tags. And uh, hey guys, if you will join our Facebook group, we got a lot of stuff here. And feel free to uh, post pictures and ask questions and have a good time here. Uh, let's see if I can pull up some more tags here. Here we go. I got to hit the previous maybe here we go here we go utah we got utah represented here what's that on his bumper i can't tell what that is uh is that, is that mud i didn't see it on the bumper is that mud probably mud because there's no text on the bumper there's just three circles that i'm seeing three circles on the top of the bumper uh, oh where'd it go Well, I lost it. Oh, there it is. Come on. Let me get back down to our uh, tags again. Here we go. In view previous. Oh, we had a Utah there. What do we got here? This is going to be this is going to be tough to read. If I can get it over where we can. If I can get it over here, yeah, it's going to be hard to read. Let me, let me zoom in here. Let's see if you can read it here now. Yeah. W. Huh? W something zero. I K. Am I? I can't really. Yeah, I don't know, know man. Yeah. Uh, looks like WX0MIK. Yeah, well, that's Mike. We're going to have to uh, give Mike a lesson in taking pictures at license plate. Because I think. Or KIK, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's see what else we got here. Nice truck, but we'd rather yeah, see the is. license plate. Yeah, nice truck. That. Uh, go big on oh, here we go here we go we got a we got a n1 who is this guy n1bac he's from the state of veteran up here no i said yeah new hampshire yeah yeah he's new hampshire we got a new hampshire Radio. This is um, AB4D, North Carolina. 
North Carolina's in here. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if we can get worked all states on the license. Yeah. Plates. See if we can get the worked all worked all license plates. I, I kind of, you know, it don't look right the way they put those holes in the bottom of the license plate there. You know. It yeah. Just, it just kind of messes up their name. I think. That's a, that's cool. Ah, another Kentucky here. Ooh. Uh, it did all over here. Amateur radio operator. Different states, you know, have different things down here. Some don't even, uh, some say radio operator, ham operator. Ours says emergency. Some don't reflect anything down here. I forget what mine says. Yeah. Uh, here's a cool one here, Alabama. I imagine that's just for display purposes only. That's, right that, yeah, that's for display purposes. That's not yeah, anybody's yeah. call. Yeah, I can see you get pulled over and a cop calls it in. Um, Alabama, zero, 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 zero. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, here's a five. Ooh, see if we can bring us in a little better here. I can zoom that in a little bit. There we go. Yeah, K5IZX. Yeah, let's see. Bring it in a little bit more. Where? What, what state's that? Louisiana. Louisiana. Hey, we just picked up a new state, man. Got a new state. Yep, yep. Up a new state. All right. That looks Florida. like Florida. Florida. Picked up the AS KP4. That's Puerto Rican uh, call. Kilowatt Fox for oh, Sierra is that, a, is that an F? I thought it was a P. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it looked like a P at first, but no, it's yeah. KF4SU. Yeah. All right. Yeah, KP4 is Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I lived in Miami, we had a CW path into Puerto Rico on 15 meters virtually every day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. New Jersey, amateur radio. Cool. K2CWM. Yep. I think that's old, uh, Cur uh, that's Curtis. That's my buddy up in uh, wherever he is. That's Curtis Myers. Curtis W. Myers. That's who that is. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, what we got here? Tennessee? Oh, there's another Tennessee. Emergency. Cool. And let's see. Oh, we keep going here. We got another state here, Texas. Yeah. AI4BA, Texas. Radio operator, it says. Here's another Texas. Oh, that's the same guy. Same guy. Yeah, it looks like he got uh, a cattle stampede or something over in there. He had to change tags. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one looks a little worked over. Yeah, it does. Here's my friend. He grew up in a hometown with, that I did up over in Wilson, Arkansas. He uh, a little older than me. Went off to college, joined the Marines, got married. He uh, he lives in North Carolina now. That's my my friend uh, Bill. 
WZ5X in North Carolina. That's a, a cool plate. California, did we look at this one earlier? K, uh, KM6 UGI. I think that's a new one. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. We already saw that one. All right. Well, I think uh, I think we've covered most of our license plates, and we got our uh, we got our uh, check pictures in that we missed last time. Okie dokie. Uh, let's see. Hey guys, you know I'm uh, 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 playing with and showing you guys the new SAT. It's probably not new. It's new to us. The the satellite system that is in a small box. Let me see if I got a picture of that. Yeah, right here. We've talked about that in the last couple of shows. Doesn't even require a computer. And this little box plugs right into your uh, 9700 radio with that little uh, CIV cable there. And man, you're working satellites instantly. I've got a little video here. Uh, I, this afternoon, I was just tuning around and uh, on the sat here, and the space station came over, and uh, I just did a, a quick uh, video of the space station. Uh, I think I've got it. Maybe I don't have it. Uh Well, I don't have it. Hey, Glenn, do you remember this? Oh, my gosh, yes. I remember it was kind of like that Steve Martin and the jerk moment. The new phone books are here when my call sign finally made it That's in. That's right. You know, I had several of those. I have looked and looked. I can't find mine. I don't know where they are. But guys, they actually have a lot of them online now. Yeah, guys, before, yeah, and this is a lot of these are online. The old ones are online, and that's where I got found this. Yeah, I found found my call. So, so guys, this is a this is a the call book. This is how we used to find out who who was a ham and who we talked to and get their address for their QSL card. Right. And uh, we didn't have uh, QRZ back then. Well, there was no internet, so now, this we book, had to mail it. And if they yeah. were DX, you generally had to include these international reply coupons they could use for postage. Well, you know, the uh, this, this book came out uh, four times a year, I think, every three months. Yeah, uh, well, I think the book came out once a year, but they had supplements oh, they? every four months. Yeah, well, you know, you got new people getting their license every uh, every month, you know. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't know, at 16 years old, you know, you don't have the money and, you know, you can't go to your parents and say, hey, the, I, I need this book every month, you know. But uh, but here's what it looked like, man. This is This is the information you got right here. Look yeah. at look at this. Let me let me see if I can blow it up a little bit. I'll show you what I looked like in the in the call book. Let me get it just really large here. Well, I'm gonna, I'm going to be in that one. Are you? Also. Yeah. 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 I'll probably be a so, WA4 FTX in that one. So, yeah, okay. So, guys, if you look right here, this is how the call book worked. It was by alphabetical order on the call only. At this time, this was night yeah, at this time right here, uh, I, I was actually uh, WA5KUB. You know, I started out as a novice, WN5, but, you know, upgraded. So I'm WA5KUB. It showed me as a general at that time. 
And uh, here's the information that you would get. Let's see. Oh, wait a minute. If you look real closely, about in the center, you'll see my call, WA5KBG for general. There's my name, uh, Tommy C. Uh, Medlin, 11 Washington Street, Wilson, 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 Arkansas. Look at that. Guys, that was it. That was the way you get in touch with hams around there, you know? So, you know, back in the olden days, I tell you, uh, Glenn, do you, do you remember your first contact? Um, you must not if you have to say, uh -huh. Actually, I believe it was um, W, it was probably my friend, WB4SWH. Yeah, yeah. It was probably my first one. And then I talked to another ham down in uh, South Miami, uh, WN4BTQ. Uh, Gary, yeah. and then uh, then I got Puerto Rico. Oh KT well, you know, yeah, I, I have I have the QSL card of my uh, of the well of one of the first people I worked. Uh, now I, I wasn't really referring to. Do you remember who it was? I just remembering. Did you remember the experience of making your oh, first gosh, call? Oh gosh, yes, yeah. that was. I I I only had a I had an HW sixteen, and I only had three crystals for fifteen meters. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so here I'm on 15 meters and virtually, you know, the downside of a solar cycle. And I still was able to work a lot of folks. And I yeah. lived on 15 meters. Yeah. Well, I'll show you something. I had a, I had a, a T-150, a night T-150 transmitter I built. It was a very nice transmitter our parents bought. But I didn't have a receiver. I want to show you. I made my first contact with that receiver right there. Oh, wow. Now, normally you would think it's impossible. I mean, that that was a what a nine transistor AM shortwave radio, and if you look at this thing, if you look at it, the eighty meter band. I'm gonna try to blow it up here. The eighty meter band right there, three point five to four, was only about a half inch long. Right. Okay? It was about a half inch long, and uh, there is For no eight hundred kilohertz. There is no band spread. I mean, how, you know, hey, the novice band must have been only about one millimeter wide. Oh, yeah. But, you and know, it was kilocycles back then, not kilohertz. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I made, I, it didn't even have a BFO, but I had a signal uh, generator, and I had a signal generator beating uh, almost on the same frequency. I called CQ, and I got an answer. I don't know what the guy said, but I got an answer. Somehow I figured out who it was. It was actually a, a ham in my little town of 1,000 people. Didn't even realize he was there, but he was a general class. And, uh, I, you know, I got to, got to know him. And, and, and you know, uh, soon after that, we realized I had to have a better receiver. So, uh, again, my parents bailed me out and uh, got me a, a uh, new receiver. Bought it used, of course. And... Uh, Let's see, I thought I had a picture first receiver here. Yeah, there it is right there. I love that receiver there. Well, that was a, a little tube receiver, 80 through 6 meters, and uh, it was a handband only. So if you look at the dial there, you look at the dial, you can see that each band was actually like the 3.5 to 4. The entire width of the screen was the, the, the band. 
And hey, if you look right here in the center at 3.7 at the top, that was a novice band there. 3.7 right. to 3.75, I think. And, uh, you know, that's what we worked in. But that, that was a nice little receiver. It worked well, and it had six meters on it. Uh, back then, you could hold the tech license uh, and your novice at the same time. And uh, I did that. I was on voice on six meters, and uh, CW on uh, on uh, the uh, the HF frequencies there. So uh, that was my first receiver I had there. Yeah, you know, that band, well, hey, that, back in the olden days, Glenn, we... Well, if you look real close on that dial, you can see a line underneath the main line, and that's the novice band. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me blow it up again. Yeah. So yeah, right there you see three point seven. Three point seven to three point seven uh, to three point seven five was the novice band. Yep. And see, you and know, I was now, there at twenty twenty one one to twenty one two fifty. And see the uh, the uh, the voice band back then. The voice band started at three point eight. Yeah, three point eight and up was the voice band, and uh, uh, CW was below three point eight. Now today, today the voice band on eighty is uh, where is it, Glenn? Thirty six hundred. Look it up. It's thirty six hundred. Yeah. So nearly the entire band now uh, has gone to uh, to voice. I mean, right over the years, you know. Uh, we've had several changes. Uh, you know, back when uh, back when I started in ham radio, early '60s, uh, you had your novice license. You only had one year you, you, to upgrade, and if you're if you did not upgrade one year, your novice license was gone. Exactly. I had two years. They changed it yeah. later on, but I had two years to upgrade. So yeah. Well, you know, I didn't realize it, but th- there are still some people in the U.S. that still hold a novice license right now, and it's legal. Yeah. Yes, they changed the rules. And but uh, they're the not offering that license anymore, but they, the people that have a license, they're still out there, and uh, they are novices still. Uh, so that, that was uh, uh, kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. But, you know, the bands have changed a lot. And, you know, uh, back, oh, man, it must have been in the 70s. First of all, you had your, your novice license, and then if you wanted to work HF, of course, you had to go to your general license. Right. And then, uh, let's see, novice and general. Man, this is so long ago. My memories leave me now. Uh, they came out with incentive licensing, I think, in the 70s, where they started taking away part of the band. See, a general, a general back then had the entire band. But then they came out and said, okay, uh, this year... We're going to give, uh, you know, uh, half the voice band uh, or a fourth of the voice band to, uh, we're going to take that away and give it to, like, advanced only. And we're going to take another fourth of the band away and give that to generals only. So if you wanted to work the whole band that you used to work, you had to upgrade to an extra class license. So that was called incentive licensing, and that happened back over a couple-year period, I think somewhere in the late 70s. Late that, 70s, because I had to get my advanced because I wanted to work slow scan, but I needed that part of the band, yeah, so I yeah. had to upgrade to advanced. Yeah, so, you know, that was uh, that was uh, incentive to, uh, to, to upgrade. And, uh, you know, back then... Uh, Back then, like when I upgraded to general, 
I had to drive to Memphis, Tennessee to take my ham license, a ham test. I took it at the post office. The FCC came to the post office in Memphis four times a year. So I drove down and uh, took the test, 16 years old, and uh, got my general. And uh, uh, there were there was a uh, a license called conditional that had the same privileges as general. And it, I it, think it may, I don't know if it's still out there or not. But there are people today that still have a conditional license. But the conditional license said something like you were more than 150 miles from an FCC examining point, and therefore. Uh, uh, we're going to let you take the test by mail, basically. So uh, that was another thing that went on there. Um, you know, back in the early days, uh, I'm not a VE right now. I, I didn't want to take the time to be a volunteer examiner or anything. But uh, back, in the early days, back in the early days, I, as a general class, uh, could, could give a test. Mm-hmm. Could give a tech test or a novice test to uh, to anyone. It was a lower class ticket, so I could give a I could give a test and send that in, and uh, you know, and and it didn't require three examiners. I mean, you could do it by yourself, just one person. Right. That's how I got my novice license. Yeah, yeah, and that's how I got mine. You know, when I got my novice license, uh, I I was sent. First of all, I found a tech, found a tech, and says, "I want to get my ham license," and he he. Of course, he was a tech. He he couldn't do anything for me, right? So he couldn't he couldn't give the license. But uh, he hooked me up with a guy in a in a town thirteen miles north of me, Osceola, Arkansas. And this guy was the general manager of the local radio station. He had a really nice ham set up here, and I went. Uh, he very nice guy. Uh, he gave him my novice test, and uh, I'm not saying he cheated or, and I surely didn't cheat, but. Uh, when he was out, and we were out in his shack, and he was getting ready, and I, he was playing with his key, and uh, uh, he gave me he gave me this magazine, and he says uh, he said read that read that article there while I'm while I'm you know setting stuff up. <laughs> well, I'm not much of a reader, you know. I'm not much of a reader in school. I didn't even read books, and uh, so anyway, uh, he gave me the code test, and I think the code test actually was the paragraph in that article that I was supposed to read. <laughs> yes. But anyway, so that means I, I got it legally. I got it correct, guys. I'm legit. Okay. So uh, that was uh, that was kind of an interesting interesting deal there. Let's see. Yeah. That, uh, let's see. Doc says he had to ride the bus 125 miles to the FCC oh, office in downtown Atlanta to get his general. Oh, yeah. And uh, – well, look at me. I mean, hey, Doc. I'm sure that I, I don't. I don't know what age you were, Doc, when you rode that bus. 125 miles of bus is a long ways. And uh, yeah, you know, I was 16 years old. I just got my driver's license. Little town, Wilson, Arkansas. Population about a thousand. I, I actually drove from my 40 miles from my home in uh, Arkansas to Memphis, Tennessee, a big town back then, and by myself. And that's the first time I've ever probably ever driven like that. Uh, but uh, and it was funny. I went in there and I'm with all these old guys. All these old guys are in there taking their test, man. And the CW starts going, and you know, so I'm copying 13 words a minute. Man. I'm doing good. When it's over, all the old guys were failing, you know, and they were all complaining. You know, 
the, the noise is bouncing off the walls and, uh, you know, it's unreadable and blah, 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 you know. But, but I copied it. I guess I, I guess I copied it when it bounced off the walls. So, yep. uh, uh, Don says that he was 15. Yeah. Oh, not, I was going to say, Don, 15, 15 hours old. That's, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a good trick. Yeah. Now, I had to go to uh, the FCC office in downtown Miami. Yeah. And let me tell you something. I was like, oh, gosh, when I upgraded to general, I was like 16, 17 years old, maybe. Yeah. And I was absolutely terrified to be in that FCC office to take that 13-word-a-minute code test. Oh, man, and you went to Miami. Can you? I, I imagine yeah. everybody's speaking Spanish in there. Oh, no, no, but I mean... <laughs> You know, I was just, you know, back then, 13 words a minute was light speed, man. I could barely do it. Well, and then you got to you know, take that theory you test. You know, 13, oh, and, and, you know, I even did the, well, I, got, I got the extra with the code. I'm a, nope, I'm a code nope, extra. What's the, what was it, 20 or 21 for the extra? 20. I took one look at that 20, and I said, never mind. I well, look, at 20 words, the and, and the, way they, the way they calculated words was a word was five characters. Right. So you got five characters per word. You've got a space between each word. So uh, 20 words is 100 characters. 100 characters, and you'd have 20 spaces. So that's equivalent to 120. That's equivalent to 120 characters per minute. Now, folks, right. under my math. Two, two characters a second. That's two I, characters. Or two, two elements a second. That's no, two, I could not do that. That's two characters per second. Now, but But I did it. And, you know, but but back then, too, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think when we took the code test. Uh, I think, I think I remember you had to copy at least. Uh, you had to copy uh, one, one minute, minute solid. One minute solid with no, no errors. Correct. Uh, but, oh, okay, I'm, it's coming back to me now. But, but, but. They would send a, a normal conversation like a QSO. Right. And they would say, name is, and you knew they are going to say, name is, you know, they, pretty much. Uh, right. Yeah, you could, you know, you could backtrack is, is, and you know, they, they, they kind of messed around with you if they said the weather or the antenna is this or that, you know. But, you know, name is Tom. Tom, you know, QTH is, you know, West yeah. Memphis, West Memphis, you know. Your RST five nine nine five. Yeah, I don't remember so what was on my. Those test. parts were pretty easy to fill in the blank, you know. But then they might throw in, you know, the antenna is a three element uh, Yagi up uh, forty two and a half feet or something like that. That might get you there, you know. No, but I mean yeah. that was rough. And then you also have to remember we didn't have calculators or pocket calculators back then. We had to do all of the math calculations pretty much by hand or slide rule and. Yeah. I'm not sure they allowed a slide rule back then. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, but you know, I remember having to do all those calculations by hand and stuff because we did not have these little nice pocket calculators that everybody's got today. Yeah, and I would have probably done a whole lot better in college if I'd had a calculator. But we didn't have calculators back then. No, we yeah. had slide rules. That's that's right, man. Real men use slide rules, man. That's all there man. is to it. Oh boy. I was just, I'm just oh God, born, I love I, my I was slide born rule. in the wrong time, man. You know, I, you know, I, yeah, I could, I could yeah. do anything with that slide I could do rule. The basics, I could do the basics on the slide rule, but you know, 
man. Yeah, Brett said he had to use the slide rule uphill both ways. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I do. I do indeed love the. Yeah. Um, I don't well, know. You know. I just really love those slide rules days. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm I, hey, when you when you when you get old like me, you start thinking about fifty years ago, and you know, I think a lot oh, yeah. about my military. I I think every day about the military and what I did and when I was overseas and stuff. But I also think about going to college over there uh, before I went to the military and over at Arkansas Tech. And again, guys, really, there is a nuclear one over over at Arkansas Tech. Ne- near the college, there is a nuclear power plant. And uh, that was over there when I was there. So uh, you can you can pick whatever story you want, the nuclear story or, or the other one about these spots on my face. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm planning a trip in March uh, to go back over to Russellville. I want to visit the campus. And uh, maybe even go in and see if I can get in my old dorm room. You know, there the campus has grown tremendously. Uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to going over there, spending uh, about a day, day and a half there. I'm going to uh, attend the uh, uh, River Valley Amateur Radio uh, Club uh, meeting on a Tuesday night. I'll probably uh, give a presentation to them on a Tuesday night and uh, just share with them. Uh, some of the things we've been doing over the last few years and and uh, some of the crazy things I remember when I was over in Russellville at Tech. Uh, 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 you know, when we built the uh, radio station, KRUD, and we put that on the air. Uh, <laughs> and uh, when we got called into the dean's office for, uh, for wanting to uh, uh, fly a balloon, you know, like a 20-foot balloon filled with natural gas, and and the FAA didn't think that was a good idea. So there's all kinds of funny stories, you know, about that. All right, so, uh, uh, well, I didn't have the video I was looking for. Let me see if I got it right here real quick. Don, Don's saying that he waited in two te- 2001 to get his extra. Uh, he could have copied 20 words a minute on his best day, but not consistently, and I was the same way, except I waited until 2011. And, uh, yeah, Don, you, he still got his slide rule. I still have a slide rule on display in one of my bookcases. So, yeah. All right. Well, I had, uh, I, I was going to show you, I, I had a short one minute uh, video of using the sat over here and had a great pass with the, uh, international space station. I want to show you guys how clear it was coming in and how that sounded. Hey, Hey, uh, guys, if you remember, if you remember, uh, we made the we made the CQ calendar last year. Let me see if I can let me see if I can show you this real quick. We must be up close to the front. Let's see. I want to show you something here. Yeah, maybe we didn't. I think that radiation got more than your cheeks. Man, I tell you what, they might have took us out of the calendar. <laughs> oh, there we are. You know, uh, we were in the uh, the uh, the CQ calendar that they put out every every year, and uh, they had, we, you know we had a nice nice uh, write up, nice picture. You know, when we uh, made this one, and uh, there we so we had a nice picture there in uh, CQ. We were September 22, and then uh, I got another calendar uh, this week. This is CQ's calendar. I, I guess uh, 
guess their new calendar. Uh, cool, look at that. They got a, uh, that's kind of neat. I thought about doing this. They built a uh, transmitter there on a board, but they just drove tacks in the wood and they soldered to the tacks. That's kind of neat yeah, right there. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's kind of neat the way they did that. But um, Along the lines of that one-tube uh, board radio that Bob Heil did last year. Y yeah, yeah. Well, let's see here. Got a lot of interesting pictures here in their calendar with uh, different different projects, different things going on. And, uh, yeah, this is the new calendar. Well, I know we're in here somewhere. Gee. Maybe they took us out. Let me start at the back. Maybe we didn't. Show you what we oh there we go all right there there we go they just they put uh they put flight uh what was it flight 18 in their calendar right there they show us there so we made your calendar uh, the last two years in a row there that was uh that was uh interesting there okay um hey let's do this real quick and we'll be right back uh with more we'll uh we'll try to open uh zoom and the phone lines here in just a, a minute for everybody Happy New Year from ICOM. Didn't get everything on your wish list? Spice up your ham shack with one of ICOM's popular handhelds, mobiles, or base stations. These radios are perfect for working your favorite bands while staying inside or venturing outside in the winter. The IC705 is a perfect sidekick and QRP companion. Base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in just over 2 pounds with RF direct sampling for most of the HF bands and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 MHz. The ID52A is a VHF-UHF dual bander with D-Star and FM dual mode functions. It is the first handheld amateur radio with a full color 2.3 inch waterfall display. This radio supports conventional FM communications and D-Star simplex, repeater, regional and worldwide calls over the D-Star internet gateway. You can send pictures over D-Star with a connected Android device. Create your own band openings with the IC9700. This transceiver radio brings direct sampling to your UHF VHF weak signal world. This all mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features that are sure to keep you busy. It has faster processors, higher gain input, and higher resolution. The IC7300 is a high performance HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This transceiver digitizes RF before various receiver stages, reducing inherent noise in different IF stages. The IC7300 changed the way entry-level HF is designed. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM Radio. All right, we, we are back. I want to take this opportunity again just to let everybody know out there if you're listening on a shortwave you're listening to amateur radio roundtables the show about ham radio and shortwave and hopefully you're out there on shortwave listening on wbcq on 7490 kilohertz send us an email to tom at w5kub.com tom at w5kub.com we'd love to hear from you we got a great facebook group over 13,000 members now just search for Facebook for W5KUB. Join that. We'd love to have you there. 
And uh, if you will, everybody, please hit the subscribe button uh, on, uh, on the video there. We'd love for you to hit the subscribe button. We need more subscribers to help uh, advertise our, our show there. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, hey, Glenn, uh, during the break there, Glenn and I were talking about, uh, what were we talking about, Glenn? Oh, novice well, we and crystals. Were... Crystals. Yeah, back when you were a novice, you had to be crystal locked. You couldn't use a VFO. And uh, I had all of three crystals for 15 meters. So when you you called CQ, you would have to tune up and down the band because the other guys may not have a crystal for your same frequency. So you'd, you know, tune 50, you know, kilohertz up and down just to look for somebody. Yeah. And, and uh, hey, uh, I think I had a couple crystals, not many. In fact, I mean, I can even remember swapping crystals from time to time with other hams so we'd have a different frequency. Exactly. I now I don't know what difference that would make. To actually, tell you the truth, because we were at, nobody was ever on the same frequency. We were always no. on like a duplex, man. We were yeah. always transmitting here and always receiving here. And uh, uh, I, I did get a letter from the FCC uh, uh, when I was 16 years old. I, they they told me, Glenn, that I was like five cycles out of the novice. Wow, or something like that. I was I was out of the novice bin, so I had to send back a letter to the FCC in triplicate. Now, yeah, at 16 years old. I'm not even sure I even knew what triplicate meant, but pretty you know, much. That, yeah. that means find the old carbon paper, and you know, get three pieces of paper there, and you you type this letter. I'm sorry, sir. It was an accident. It will never happen again. Please don't. Find me the ten thousand dollars, <laughs> yeah. or, or or put me in jail for ten years, uh, please, please. That's signed WN5KUB, and then you mail that off to uh, uh, uh -huh. the FCC. And and you you know when they got those, they had to be laughing. And you never heard from them again. You know, never heard yeah. from them. You know. Oh man. Okay, so uh, yeah, you know. Uh, you, know yeah, go ahead. Can Bill. you hear me? Okay, yeah, my we, internet's we incredibly slow tonight. You got a what? Yeah, Bill. Your internet? You, you I, I have a crystal that actually, it's a military crystal that has a little dial on it, and yeah. it compresses or decompresses the crystal yeah. in it. Yeah. Oh, man, how cool yeah, is that? Yeah, that would be cool. And you could shift it like five or ten, you know. Yeah. You know, probably 20 cycles either way. Wow. <laughs> that's, that was slick. pretty good. You know, I, you know we, it was illegal. We could not have, as a novice, we could not have a VFO. So we had to be well, crystal. The we way to, to get around it. We had to be crystal oh, yeah. control. Crystal. <laughs> crystal control. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. we, we had I to found be... it in my uh, uncle's stuff. It might have been from the 40s or maybe even the 30s, but wow. probably the 40s during World War II. And I had a big box of crystals that, I, that was FT243 crystals. It was in that box. My uncle's stuff. His call was WAUN. He was a ham since 1921. So um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And well, Tom, I yeah. posted a uh, picture of my ham shack in 1970 on your Facebook page. It is. I'm sure uh, I find it. A little it. while ago. So, um, but I was going to mention the uh, the FCC uh, 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 CW exam. Uh, my uh, dad took it, and he was a radio man in World War II. And uh, can you still hear me? 
Okay. Yeah, I, I hear you. Anyways, he was a radio. My dad was a radio man in World War II, and he took that FCC uh, CW um, test, and he and he sailed right through it. And the guy said, flunked him. And he said, uh, "How come I flunked? I got perfect copy." And uh, he says, "You uh, where you had a U, I mean, whenever there was a J, you put a U." And he says, "Well, I don't cross the top of my J's." So I said, the guy still flunked him. He was a mean, oh, mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I I remember going there. Oh, I, right. I, I kind of think I kind of think they wore drill instructor hats when I went. You know. <laughs> When my dad went back a month later, because we had to wait 30 days, uh, and we had to drive all the way to Detroit, which was 120 miles, um, every J, he had a line that was about three inches long over the top of every <laughs> J he copied. And then he handed it to the guy, and I hope that's J enough for you. <laughs> oh, oh ouch. That's good. No, all I remember was I was just terrified in that office getting my test. I don't think I was afraid of me. I wasn't afraid. I was a 16-year-old kid, and yeah. I didn't know I didn't know what those people. I figured if I flunked the test, they'd just, you know, kind of haul me off, and that'd be the last you see of me. Yeah, when I was uh I was sick for several days uh when I was in uh in high school and I was home and my uh, friend of my own WAUM would talk to K4HQ in Florida every day and that guy wouldn't slow down for anybody he would send (laughs) 30 words a minute and I kept trying to and my uncle would be around 20 and I just get bits and pieces and I worked on it for several days until I got perfect copy of my uncle and all of a sudden I had perfect copy on the guy wouldn't go below 30 words a minute. So I got on the air and I started sending to him at 30 words a minute. And he said, please slow down QRS. <laughs> he could dish it out. But he couldn't take it. But he yep. couldn't take it. <laughs> yep. That's funny. Yeah, we had a guy, uh, on a little 15 meter group down there in Miami. And he was just fast as lightning as a novice. I mean, you know, he's doing 20 words a minute on the novice band and man, that was just, that was crazy. But yeah, you had to get that speed up, you know, within a year or two. And, you know, when you're under that kind of pressure, it's hard. And you don't understand that the code level and the speed kind of comes in steps. You reach a plateau and you're like, I can't get any faster. And I was stuck at like 11 words a minute, could not get to 13 to save my life. And yeah, I was stuck around 10 or 11, but it, it took, uh, you know, three days at home doing nothing but listening to CW con- conversations on my old holographers. SX-28A. All right. Here you go, Bill. I I, 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 I was looking for your picture. I found your picture. Oh, okay. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm having trouble. Really, I'm having trouble finding your picture. I I can't. I just posted it uh, on your uh, roundtable page. Did you just do a new post, or did you put it under uh, the other pictures? Oh, it's it's a brand new post. Okay. You might have to refresh your browser. 
I think the ice storm out there is doing something to my internet. Did you have to go on generator? Not yet. Oh, well, not not good. yet. Not ice, yet. We what uh, ice did you get? Well, we got a mixture of sleet and snow out there, maybe an inch thick, uh, maybe. Oh. And then it kind yeah, of it transitioned to ice or uh, to sleet uh, around four or five today, so not a lot of it stuck. It, it, it quit, but it's, it still was sprinkling or, or light rain out there. It's below freezing, and all the trees have ice on all the limbs. So I think it's building up slowly. But sleet doesn't stick like the, the freezing well, rain does. Well, this is rain now. Oh, rain, you, you rain got rain now? Ice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, can... we, uh, we just got rain here. It, it all, all the nasty stuff went a little north of us. Yeah. All right, I'm uh, I'm working on it. It's I just posted it about ten minutes ago, Tom. It uh, it's on your uh, roundtable. It's probably very, the first entry in it. Uh, yeah, I, got I know it. a few I people. It. I got it. I got it. I got it. Here, let me put it on here. Yeah, here we go. Here's Bill right there. Let me get. Oh can, my gosh, can, one of those old uh, Johnson Vikings. And let me do this right here and then click right here. There That's a Holocrafters SX101A on the right. Weighs yeah. about 60 pounds. And that's a Viking 2 on the left yeah. with a crystal. That's, uh, I had to carry all both of those uh, from the flea market at Dayton oh. in 1968. Um, I carried them both, actually 69, it was 1969, I had to carry them both uh, from the flea market up the hill to the Parfar parking lot. Oh, ouch. That was the start of my back problems back when I was 16. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Pounds. I had them stacked on top of each other. They're 120 pounds of radio. <laughs> you know, But you also have to remember back then you had those knobs and you had to tune, you know, turn every one of them to get that thing tuned up and lined up and ready to rock. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. You had to I dip had the plate and the crystals. Yeah. Dip the plate and make the tur- tubes glow blue, and then you knew you had it right. All right. Well, that don't look like you. Your hair is a little different color there, and you got a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. I actually yeah. had hair. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know. That don't look right. Don't look right. All right. You know, I have yet to this. get the worked all states because every time I get close, I had to move. All I right. got that very quickly. Uh, uh, actually, a friend of mine, K7IRK, um, he built, uh, he got one of those crystal clock oscillators on 28 megahertz, 28.125, I think it was. It was a standard frequency clock oscillator. They put out about 50 milliwatts if you did. Uh, put him into an antenna and he had a little uh, one of those lantern batteries morse code key and that little oscillator hooked up to his antenna and he worked all states on 10 meters using that and he said there was still life in that battery wow but uh, 
that was when the band was really hot. Yeah. No, and I, it's no, getting I have... that way now. It's it's ten meters is open every day now. Yeah. All over the world, uh, the that one balloon that's in uh, Antarctica that's on ten meters being heard in the U.S. now um, and all over the world. So um, ten meters and and that's only ten milliwatts. Yeah. And, uh, I've got a ten meter whisper beacon going uh, as well. I'm getting reception in Hawaii, Alaska, all over the U.S. and all over Europe. And sometimes down to Brazil with 20 milliwatts. So, you know, it's just phenomenal. Uh, during the winter field day, uh, I uh, worked 10 meter CW and I could hear Japan and all kinds of stations. So it was uh, really, although, you know, the majority of activity was in FT8, but there was still some diehard CW people uh, on there. So. Well, Let's guys, see for me, you know, okay, Tom. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, everybody, uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, Huey, Dewey, and Louie have been up now 234 days, and uh, and uh, Daryl, let's see, was it Larry, Daryl, and his other brother, Daryl, they've been up 117 days now, and just, it's unfortunate, but Larry, Moe, and Curly went down about a week ago. They were carrying Glenn's call, KW5GP. They went down somewhere down around Antarctica. But they had a good run. They it was did. A really good they run. Did, they did. They did. Hanging out with the penguins right now. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that we've, we've done pretty good here as far as those two balloons. I mean, you, you know, we got some seasoned pilots there, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And uh, there's uh, there's 112. That's Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Uh, they're, they're, uh, it's supposed to be heading straight across the U.S. there. So, uh, uh, yeah, one thirteen is hanging over Paraguay and Ecuador, and uh, it, yeah, one thirteen just circled. Uh, it just did a big loop over Brazil, yeah, and the rainforest, yeah. and now it's back over Argentina. Yeah, so it's heading. Looks like it's heading for the uh, the the tip of uh, maybe heading for the tip of. Uh, Africa there. We'll see. So out of the nine balloons launched, uh, the APRS-1 may still be operating. Uh, we heard it again as it went back over the launch site two months later, and it was still working great. That's K4UAH-3. Uh, K4UAH-2 and K4UAH-4 are still operating. Um, uh, two, uh, four has got, I'm sorry, not two, uh, four and six. Uh, K4UH4 has got uh, uh, Zach, KM4ZIA's call from Atlanta, Georgia area. And uh, K4UH4 has got uh, my uh, my call sign on it. And then we've got W5KUB115, which has KD9UQB, and it's still working great. So, And uh, that was the one that had a circular... Um, a cylinder of solar cells, and you're getting pretty low. Uh, for a while there, it was operating nearly 24 hours a day when it was down near the actual South Pole. Yeah. Well, the good news, Tom, is now you've got a free call sign. You can launch another one if you want. We got Earl. Earl's joining us here. And by the way, 
we've set a date for the Great Plains Super Launch, which is uh, launching uh, as many ham radio transmitters as we can on uh, in June from Huntsville, Alabama. So uh, it's going to be June fifteenth, uh, sixteenth, and seventeenth. The fifteenth will be spent touring the Basin Rocket Museum, uh, and then. Uh, on the 16th of June, we'll be at UAH campus, University of Alabama Huntsville campus, and we'll have talks uh, from our ham radio balloon enthusiasts from around the world. And uh, we'll also be on Zoom. So if you can't make it in person, uh, we'll have a Zoom link. Uh, it's uh, And then Saturday, the 17th of June, we're going to be launching early in the morning from the Severe Weather Institute. Uh, we're going to be launching um, probably 10 regular latex balloons, like you did that one flight where you chased it with the plane. And uh, with several Pico balloons, we'll be going up with Whisper and APRS. So, and then we go out and chase them all, all at once. Mm. So it's a lot of fun. That's superlaunch.org. I don't, for more information. Yeah. That was a fun uh chase for that balloon. I just I don't know uh, if I, I don't know if I have the energy to come out to the conference. So yeah. I don't know if I have the energy to do that again. I I I I'm not oh, I'm not sure I want to attempt it. Well, why it would you want to? I mean, that one was about as perfect as you could go. I mean, exactly. anything other, you know, you, you wouldn't be able to match that kind of performance. Exactly. So when it was perfect and everything went right, it was really cool. Then you know this is going to be not perfect, and everything's not going to go right. Right. It's like why why tempt fate on this one? Yeah. So I don't know, man. Uh, you'll have uh, you'll have the um, some of the best balloon chasers out there uh, chasing them all down. So and you can team up with another group if you want, Tom. Uh, put yeah. a good payload together, and I'm sure somebody will launch it. All right. All right. Well, hmm. What else is going on tonight? God, I, hey, I, we're in. We're right now in the show after the show. Wait a minute. That's after right. the show, show. We're in the after the show, show. Where's after the show, show? I've lost it. There we go. There's after the show, show. Can't even remember the name of this, but we're in the after the show, show, folks. And we posted the link here for Zoom. Uh, it's, it, guys, join us. We need your participation or precipitation, whichever. No, uh, we don't want any of their precipitation. It's, yeah, it's already on, cold and icy enough as it is. You know, it's uh, it's amazing how the hams on here are so shy. You know. They're oh, I don't know. Out. We got Earl in here. We Let's got Earl kick it here. over to Earl. We got Earl here. Hey, Earl, how you doing, man? Come on in uh, here. You're muted Come or something. Come in here, Earl. Check, check. How's that? There you go. There we go. Uh, that's better. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm only seeing, ha seeing half your face. Can you scoot over to your left just about a foot? There, there you go. How's that? That's, that's better. Yeah. Sorry I haven't been with you all lately. I had some family issues. My mom passed away. And oh, man. Sorry to hear that. I'm taking care of that. Yeah. But, uh, hey, I just wanted to touch base. Uh, we had a phenomenal field day here in Chattanooga uh, this past weekend. Uh, we had... Uh, we were a 3-0 station. We were officially a 2-0 station, but we were actually were running a third station for digital on 80 meters. And 
had voice on 20 and 40, and I was sitting on 40, and I'll tell you, I got crazy Saturday afternoon, just absolutely crazy. And then Saturday night, um, when we started gray-lining Europe, Mm -hmm. uh, I was talking with a guy over in Italy and another one over in Spain off of 90 watts and an in-fed half-wave. Yeah. So it was cold, but we had a blast. Yeah, I've been listening the last couple of days, and about early early evening, Europe starts coming in. Mm-hmm. Well, this was late. This was early morning for them. I think it was about two or three o'clock in the morning Eastern time. Uh huh. But um, we had we did something different. Uh, we started um, inviting some of the GMRS folks to join us. So the North North Georgia GMRS group uh, brought their trailer up, and they had a GMRS contest that they put together. They have a network that runs from Orlando all the way up to just about to Knoxville, I guess. So they had a contest that ran, and when they finished, they have about half of their group are hams. So we shut down our 20-meter station and, and gave them 20 meters, and uh, they could they were copying uh, Antarctica. Mm. They were calling, but they couldn't they couldn't get through. So I brought them out and put them on the 40-meter rig, and and some of those folks who'd never had 40-meter uh, contact or Mm-hmm. HF contacts before we're talking to folks around the country, just just jumping hey, up hey, and down four, at two four, o'clock in the morning. Forty is a good band, man, and you know, evening time it opens up to Europe easy. Yeah, it did. It was a it was a lot yeah. of fun. I that was my first field day. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. Things are uh, the bands are a lot better than they were a year or two ago. You know, they were pretty pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, right. I think this year. I'm going to be able to make summer field days since the cats aren't going to be showing anymore. So I'll be able to do the field day now because there's always a show on field day weekend. Yeah. That'll be good. Tom, I saw your, your cheeks. I thought maybe you had been outside in the field day weather. The cold well, field you, day weather. you must have tuned in late. I explained what happened. No, no I saw that. I, I voted for the uh, nuclear solution. Oh, did the nuclear yeah. plant? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I say I, turn off the lights, and if he glows, then we know which one well, was I, true. Hey, when I do go over there next month, I will be driving uh, around next to uh, uh, Nuclear One over here. I'm going to check it out. When I was going to school over here, I heard rumors about cows with two heads and stuff like that, but I never saw one. I, I, I was living in Berkeley, California, and uh, a friend of mine was a nuclear professor, engineering professor there. And there's this big park with this huge tree, just one single tree in the middle of the park. Below it is a nuclear reactor. I don't think many people know that UC Berkeley has a nuclear reactor, a little research reactor. Way under their park, there's their commons. And he says, you see that tree out there? That used to be a carrot. <laughs> we used to pick on my son-in-law. He worked at uh, the Sequoia nuclear plant here. Hickson, and uh, all of our grandkids came out okay. No extra parts or anything. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, Bill, how do they cool that thing? Wouldn't you have to have a cooling tower or something? Where Bill go? Uh, he must have he stepped did. away. He's muted. But yeah, it, you'd think you'd have to have some kind of cooling tower or something for for a reactor like that. But he'll tell us when he gets back. Yeah. Well, guys, help me here. I don't know. No, I. You know, help me understand this. 
during World War II, we dropped a couple bombs on, on Japan. And I thought this uh, radiation is supposed to stay there, you know, like thousands of years, and, you know, it, it, it'd be unusable, but they built back on top of it, and they're living on it also. Well, my understanding is they bulldozed off all the topsoil and disposed yeah. of it. Is that right? That's my understanding. Well, Tom, I, I have a friend that passed away some a few years ago at the uh, age of 91, and he was not sick a day in his life, healthy as a horse. Um, and he was the one that pushed the button that fired the Trinity explosion, and uh, he uh, also helped build the uh, uh, design, the uh, ones that went uh, in World War II. Um, and uh, he was also on the high speed, collecting high speed cameras off the sinking ships during the Bikini Atoll. Uh, Good grief! And I said, "How did they protect you from the? Uh, how did they protect you from the radiation?" He said, um, "They gave us coveralls, which we burnt afterwards." <laughs> and that man was, you know, uh, he was Don Miller, W9NTP. Uh, he was a real-life Indiana Jones. He was from Indiana. So um, he had an, an amazing uh, experience uh, and exposed to a lot of radiation, and then he was, uh, he was fine. Bill, when you were talking about the UC Berkeley reactor, um, what'd they do with the cooling on that if there's no cooling towers above ground? Oh, it's a small little reactor, a little research reactor. It's about the size of a swimming pool, but it's 100 feet underground. Okay. Well, I, think, Chicago. I think everybody ought to have a little really small nuclear reactor yeah. in, at their house. Uh, at their house, yeah. I mean, you know. Actually, you know, that he, he mentioned that if we were to have distributed neighborhood reactors, uh, we wouldn't have any of the issues we have today with these gigantic uh, nuclear waste uh, at big plants. And it would be cost effective. They're perfectly safe when they're small. Um, and you can power a whole neighborhood uh, with them in a distributed network. The power grid goes down. You still got power on your uh, local grid. So uh, they had uh, in their little swimming pool under, under the uh, Berkeley campus, there was a little rubber duck uh, floating in the reactor. No one dared to pick it up. <laughs> well, Matt tells us that the um, holding holding pools for the uh, fuel rods here are open, and they walk around them. He's been in containment. Good grief. They pull the top off to refuel every two years. Yeah, what, what, uh, what's the name of that one? Sequoia. Sequoia. He was... Uh, he was a uh, chief reactor operator oh. here at Sequoia, and he was plant manager down at Browns Ferry below Huntsville. Now, Doc here says he's uh, close to Watts Bar. Yeah, that's you know just up is? the lake for me. Not far. Yeah, that's pretty close to you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. About, about 30, 40 miles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had Turkey Point down in Miami, and then uh, Birmingham. We had, uh, what was that, Browns Ferry. That's where Matt worked. He lived in Huntsville and then commuted to Browns Ferry. He was back down there for two years. He just finished his two-year stint at Browns Ferry and came back to Chattanooga. Don, eight miles from Towers at Watts Bar, you're not too far away. 
I'm I'm very close to Browns Ferry here. Yeah, I'm about two miles, not even two miles north of uh, Sequoia. When I go outside at night, I can hear the transformer yard humming. We had that um, F5 tornado come through, and it missed uh, Browns Ferry by a very close uh, mark, but it knocked down 26 of those large transmission towers feeding North Alabama, and you could see the Milky Way in downtown Huntsville uh, for eight days. It took them that long to put those towers back up. Wow. Well, you know, I think nuclear power has a role to play in ham radio. It just really hadn't got there yet. Uh, you know, Bill, in, in our balloon flights, you know, we tried and tested all types of batteries to fly, and we couldn't, you know, none will work up here at that temperature, but I did find a company in Miami that makes a nuclear battery, and uh, they were like a thousand bucks each. Um, I don't remember the size, but they were uh, they didn't have enough. They didn't have enough current to. No, it's like microwatt. Yeah, kind it of was. Things. It was very small. So, um, you know, um, we're trying to fly a nuclear battery. We just can't find the right one. <laughs> Well, you have the biggest nuclear power available to you right now. Let me get that going. There we go. What's um, that? You're already flying a nuclear powered uh, yeah. tracker, Tom. Well, I yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, but I want well, I want nuclear sort of. power during darkness. You're doing Mister Fusion. Yeah, I want it during <laughs> darkness though. That's that's the problem. Back to the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, anybody else going to join us out there? I posted the link. I'll post it again just to wake you up out there. This is the After the Show show, and I uh, would like to have you join us if you want to. After the Show show. We haven't had this very often. I mean, in the last three or four weeks, we haven't been able to do it. But we're uh, we're shooting for, oh, we got another 15 minutes we can be on tonight. Let's get something exciting to talk about. What are we going to talk about? Orlando. I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right. I am so ready to go. I mean, you know, Jackson, actually this year, Jackson had really good attendance, but I'm just dying for Orlando because, I mean, that their flea market just goes on for miles and miles and miles. I mean, it really takes two days to see everything they got there. Yeah, it's spread out quite a bit. That must be nice to see a big one like that. Oh, it's it's that the 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 flea market is just absolutely huge. They got you know several buildings and then the outdoor outdoors field area. And let me tell you, by the time you finished walking and seeing everything, you're ready to sit down and just relax. Are you going to have a golf cart? No, no, I'm walking it. They do have golf carts to take you over to the forum area. Yeah, or, yeah. or to haul a boat anchor. They'll help you there. Yeah, I they'll help you. you with a boat anchor. I heard they have a flatbed golf cart for boat anchors this year. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they do have the boat anchors. There was some uh, Henry amplifiers there. Oh, man. I got a picture of um, last year, I believe. Oh, well, I, I, I'd like to have a Henry amp. I want oh, it, was, you know, yeah. it was pretty. 
And they they had it in the back of a truck. They didn't even bother trying to unload it. Or maybe or maybe a Collins maybe a Collins amp. What's the yeah. what's the big Collins amp that sits on the floor? The a, oh gosh, KW two. I'm trying to think here. KWM two. No, that sounds like the transceiver. It was a thirty L one. It was they they had a thirty L one and a thirty S one. I think. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Which one of them sits on the floor? I want the one that sits on the floor. <laughs> I think that's the. Well, I don't know. Now I have to look. It I don't up. know. I'm not that far up on the Collins. Yeah, I have to look that up, man. I've got a good amp. I got two good amps here, so I'm not really needing it. But uh, yeah. No, I am really looking forward to to this ham fest. It's been well since Huntsville since I've been to a big one. Yeah, yeah. Clifton's got it in the chat room. There's your gift for your birthday, Tom. What is that? I'll a find you one birthday? of those Collins 30s ones. <laughs> yeah, I want the uh, uh, yeah the, the 30s one. Let me. Uh, I got it right here. Look, look. Here it is. Here it is. There it is, right there. All right, I will get you one, but you're gonna have to pay shipping. Mm, I tell you what, if it's got a, if it's a good one, it works. I'll pay shipping if it works good. Okay. <laughs> But, uh, you know, man, I mean, you know, I mean, hey, the, the amps, they're expensive. This um, this Alpha amp I got here, got those three, what is it, three CX800s, I think. Those tubes, I guess got two of them. And those tubes sell for about 800 bucks a piece, man. Yeah. I mean, you can find some a little cheaper. You can find medical pullouts, but uh, I think it's got $1,600 worth of tubes in it. Well, you know, I was reading an article the other day that people are bringing back the vacuum tubes because of the the audio quality as compared to transistors. Yeah. This guy's actually is making tubes in the United States now. Yeah, that was the big thing with everything that's been going on in China and Russia. Uh, they have been the big sources for vacuum tubes for quite a while. You know, the yep. Sobtech tubes for guitar amps and things like that were the hot things for years. But... Uh, they stopped making them, or they're not exporting them. We're not importing them. Yeah, when this guy started his own company and is yeah. making the tubes himself. Oh, wow. And the audiophiles like them as well. Yes. Even the little 12AX7s and AU7s for preamps are real real popular, and 6L6s for power amps for audio. I have a box, I have a box full of all those tubes. <laughs> I think we all have a 12AX7, 12AU7 running around somewhere. Probably so. Well, I worked at Radio I've got some tubes. Uh, I got some tubes from the 1920s and 30s that were in my mm. uncle's collection, still in the box. Wow. Mm. Sold a good many of them to Fair Radio sales uh, 40 years ago, and I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> I worked at Radio Shack when I was in college, so when we discontinued things, my dumpster was usually padded. <laughs> so I have a box of tubes from those days, you know, those lifetime warranty gold pin tubes. Oh, wow. In the boxes, of course. Weird things, weird numbers. But maybe somebody on eBay wants them. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing, you know, the technology kind of goes full circle because now they're back to vinyl records, too. Oh, yeah. 
I bought one six months ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I used to work um, for an Army Research uh, Center, and uh, our procurement was so messed up, you could not purchase a resistor or a transistor or capacitor. It would take you had to fill out ten pieces of paper, get it signed by ten people, and it would take nine months for it to come into the building. So what you tended to see is when a project would uh, would end, they dump everything out in the dumpsters in the back. <laughs> so uh, the word would go out when that happened, and you'd see just this um, bevy of engineers digging through the trash like vultures. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean used to? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I went to the a, uh, yeah, and we had a, like a little underground uh, parts distribution network within the building <laughs> so one day they i had these 28 volt power supplies that uh the guy the lab manager said we aren't using those anymore uh, you should get rid of those and i says no no i think we might have a need for this in the near future well i went on vacation i came back they had put them out in the box in the high bay and put an email saying parts parts for free and they were gone in three minutes wow so guess what we needed that power supply about two weeks later yep. and they were all gone so i walked around to my friends in the underground parts network <laughs> and finally found one my friend said he had one and i walked into his office which was like a radio shack's parts store <laughs> and uh he was very organized and he handed me one of my original power supplies he grabbed. <laughs> he says, this will cost you. <laughs> <laughs> Good heavens. When I first moved to Atlanta, I worked for Schweber Electronics, one of the electronics uh, OEM distributors. And we were in Technology Park, which back then was the hot spot in Metro Atlanta. That's where Hayes Modems was and DCA and all these other you know, high-tech companies, and I guess it was DCA had a facility right next to us, and they were moving out of the building, and they had two of those uh, 30 cubic yard um, skiffs in the back, skips, and we were back there at lunch dumpster diving every day. And that's where I got my uh, 32K of core memory out of a PDP-8. Oh, my word. I was stupid. I didn't get the front panel off of the thing. Oh, uh, by the way... Um if you want some nostalgia, there is a company that is selling a PDP-8 kit, and it and it runs on a Raspberry Pi or an Arduino Do. I can't remember which, and I actually have it here, but it actually looks just like the original PDP-8. Runs all that code and everything. That's the cool thing is it actually runs the code and doesn't just blink the lights. Right. No, it is it is the full blown thing, and it's you know. Completely emulated it, but that was actually the first computer that I learned how to program on was the 8M. Well, we had a uh, um, a display at a uh, base conference in Austria and Vienna in 1982, and our goal task was to take a weather satellite image from the Meteosat uh, European weather satellite and display it with a video projector on a 10-foot screen over the conference hall. And 
back in 1982, now you could do that with your laptop and a, a little video accessory that uh, you'd have maybe, you know, a thousand bucks into it, if that. Back then, it cost uh, like a quarter of a million dollars. And uh, we had the local deck office bring out a PDP-8 and set it all up. And we had a $70,000 video projector and a $30,000 satellite receiver. And it was quite a project to make it all work together. We had a couple of deck guys out there programming it. So it filled up the booth. <laughs> now you can do it with a Pi. You can do that with a Raspberry Pi. When I first graduated from college, I went to work for a manufacturer's rep uh, covering North Carolina. And uh, remember when uh, oh my God. when IBM first came out with the PCAT with the 20 meg hard drive? This is the 5 meg little brother. Yes. For the reseller. And we, needless to say, this is my demo with a piece of plexiglass on the top. Um, needless to say, we could never get any drives because they shipped anything and everything that pretended to work to IBM. Those 20 meg hard drives. But I've, I've kept this just as a doorstop just because I, because I had it and it was our, our demo back then. We I worked for... Go ahead. We had a little exerciser board and we could plug in and it would exercise the head and run and spin. And supposedly you could write data to it, but at five megabytes or you know six megabytes unformatted, five megabytes formatted. Why? <laughs> yeah. What are you going to put on it? Yeah. Actually, the first disk drive that I ever worked on, I was with Control Data, mm -hmm. and it had a whopping two and a half meg platter uh, and a cartridge. You know, it was, and the heads were moved by hydraulic fluid. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, they were the size of a washing machine, and they had a whopping 2.5 meg. <laughs> well, I, I was a data general reseller when I worked ah. for Shepard, and we yeah. sold those what, 277 megabyte pack removable washing machines? Yes, our, those were our uh, storage module drive, the SMD. Yeah, SMDs. And you yep. dare not get reaching there to pull out a pack if you're wearing a watch. No. 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 <laughs> no. Yes. When I was uh, speaking of Control Data Corporation, my, uh, when Apple went public, um, I was handed the very first Apple IIe by Steve Jobs. Oh, building because we were their biggest uh, distributor at the at that point, and uh, I had to keep it under lock and key and not tell anybody what it did. The difference between that and a regular Apple II was the Apple IIe had twice the memory, twice the colors, and it was upper lower case, lower upper and lower case, and eighty characters wide. It was. Big deal. So, oh yeah. Anyways, he says. Steve said, uh, "We're going through the moon, and we're going to public uh, buy stock." I was a starving student, so I called my dad, and it says they're going public tomorrow. Buy as much shares as you can, and it was around six dollars a share. Oh. So he went in to buy a thousand shares of Apple at six dollars a share, Ooh. and his stockbroker said, "Apple." That's a fruit company. <laughs> not going to go anywhere. And besides, who's going to want a computer in their house? <laughs> at their desk. Well, what would? Nobody's, nobody's going to want that. So he said, he told my dad to invest his money 
into Control Data Corporation oh, instead. Oh, oops. Which he did. He listened to his doctor. Yep. He lost uh, just about all of it within five years. Yep. As Control Data pretty much tanked. And um, I reminded him um, every year of what the current value of his Apple stock would currently be. I think it, uh, right now it's worth $100 million. Yeah, I told my dad to do the same thing with Microsoft when it IPO'd at like $18 a share. Again, I didn't have that money, but my dad did. And he went for International Rectifier instead. And Microsoft since then has split like 256 to 1 uh, in total during that time frame. And they're now like at what, 80 to 100 a share a couple of years ago? Something like that. So, yeah, he, he would have been sitting on a cool million plus. All right, guys, let me make a quick one here. Our time is up. We're about to go off our shortwave uh, station. Thanks for everybody for watching tonight, listening on shortwave. We'll see you next week. Uh, you can join us live on uh, W5KUB.com next week. Uh, at 8 p.m. on Tuesday, Central, 8 p.m. Central Tuesday, a show about ham radio, about shortwave listening, and we'd love to have you. Seventy-three. Good night to everybody out there. Seventy-three. Okay. Well, let's see. All right. Whew. That's just about the end here. We're gonna go. I'll go ahead and uh, we will close the show down, the video down, and uh, you guys want to talk another minute on. Uh, on Zoom, you can. And I need to go get me something to eat. Getting hungry. It's a popcorn. Yeah, I'm thinking popcorn or peanut butter 